is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Career Retrospective. Today, we don't have Nate as he's dealing with personal matters, but I assure you, I have gathered the Avengers for this movie, Career Retrospective. I am joined today by Metal Mike, Ginger Ninja, Trey, and Northland's very own Rusty Blackwell. How are you guys doing? Hey. Yo. <laughs> doing all right. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> Mike, I'm going to toss it over to you. You have the story that we'll dive into. Alrighty. Well, I'm going to dive into a little bit about Heath Ledger's life. Um, Heath Ledger is a talented and versatile actor. He lived a remarkable life that was tragically cut short. He was born on April 4th, 1979 in Perth, Australia. Ledger showed an early interest in acting and pursued his passion from a young age. He began his career with small roles in Australian television and film, gradually making his way to international recognition. Ledger's breakthrough came in 2001 with his role in A Knight's Tale, a medieval sports comedy. His charismatic performance and undeniable talent led to more significant roles in critically acclaimed films such as Brokeback Mountain and Monster's Ball. Ledger's dedication to his craft was evident in his ability to transform himself into diverse and complex characters, earning him widespread praise and numerous awards. However, it was Ledger's portrayal of the Joker in Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight that solidified his place in cinematic history, his chilling and mesmerizing performance captivated audiences worldwide, earning him a posthumous Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Ledger's commitment to the role was so intense that it reportedly took a toll on his mental and emotional well-being. Tragically, on January 22, 2008, at the age of 28, Heath Ledger was found dead in his New York City apartment, the cause of death was determined to be an accidental overdose of prescription medications. The news of his untimely passing shocked and devastated fans and film and the film industry alike. Ledger's death was a profound loss to the world of acting, and he was widely regarded as one of the most promising and talented actors of his generation. Heath Ledger's legacy extended far beyond his incredible performances on screen. His work continues to inspire and influence actors and filmmakers, and his impact on the film industry is undeniable. Ledger's unique approach to his craft, his fearless commitment to his roles, and his ability to immerse himself completely into his characters set him apart as a truly exceptional talent. Though his life was tragically cut short, Heath Ledger will always be remembered as a remarkable actor whose contributions to cinema will be celebrated for generations to come. 100%. Um, before we dive into it, uh, Terry Gilliam has refuted many times that the role of the Joker did not make him go crazy, and that, that rumor was absolute bullshit. I still don't believe that. I I, I have to agree with you. Like, he did a, uh, in 2006, he did a role called Candy. And if that movie doesn't make, if that didn't make him go crazy, Batman damn sure didn't. Right. Hey, uh, Rusty, you have any comments to make before we dive in? Uh, no, I just, I, I agree. I think that the, um, you know, I think he was 
doing the things that a lot of celebrities at that age do, which is get into all kinds of prescription drugs or other things. And they got on top of them. I don't think, uh, I, I don't believe it's more complicated than that, but that's, you know, what, what do I know? I'm just some wrestler in Northern Ontario. So. <laughs> Trey, any comments before we dive into the questions? And, and you know, yeah, like, you know, it, it can't be the role of Joker. It's just, we don't, we don't know what, where his mental state was at and, you know, where he, where he's been. And it's just sad, you know, at a young career to be lost. So high peak of his career. I, what, I mean, what I, I, go ahead. Well, I, I will say that, uh, you know, Terry Gilliam in general as a director has has like this thing where people say that he's got like curses because his, he's had so many massive problems with his films. Like to the point that, you know, film sets have been like flooded out and washed away and projects have been canceled and all these things. So because of that, I think that's where you get a lot of these like people looking for those kind of things to associate with it. Trying. I, didn't, I didn't know that. That's... Yeah. If you look at Terry Gilliam's like he's, he's got, like, you could just look up very good and you'll find a whole bunch of stuff. But I think that people are trying to associate, and that's that's what's happening. I don't believe it's that at all. Fair. Um, Heath Ledger also never considered himself perfect, obviously. Uh, one of his famous quotes was, uh, <clears throat> there's no such thing as perfection in what we do as actors. I mean, pornos are the closest you'll get to perfect because they're actually fucking so so i have a i have a question um and this is pretty much across the board to everybody um i'm very i was very limited on his movies i only seen a few of his movies i didn't get to see him play as the joker so reading about how he immersed himself into this character would it be safe to say it was it's pretty much almost like a close to a mirror image of what Jim Carrey did with Andy Kaufman with when he played as Andy Kaufman, a man on the moon. I, I think, you know what, go ahead, you know what, I will even put him, I might get a hot take. I honestly think he better, he did better Joker than Jack Nicholson. No, I, I'd agree with that. Um, uh, like I think that Heath Ledger's uh, Joker was fantastic. Um, he definitely, immersed himself in it he learned clowning techniques like like as if he was training to actually be a clown uh in addition to like all sorts of um you know like psychological disorders to try to like put himself into the the ideas of all these different people that both the joker was representing but also the people that had parallel characters because as you remember in the film uh, there's a lot of different uh psychological disorders for the people that the joker sort of manipulates into doing things for him and they they kind of focus on that to show this like these like various sides of like mental illness and and it, and yet the Joker doesn't really seem to have any clear thing wrong with them like it's not like they're this disorder or this and they don't they don't try to do that they kind of keep it more like the person that delves and is part of that world so I I, I agree 100 percent though that I think he. Like I mean, he won an Academy Award for this. Like it's it's not a easy thing to play a a, a homicidal clown in a in a movie and then go to the Oscars, right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not many people know this because this is very early on in his career of acting. In 1992, he was actually cast as an orphan clown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, this isn't his first clown role per se. 
Jack, what do you got for us? Mike, you need you need to watch Dark Knight. Hundred percent, you do. One thing. Hundred percent. But he Heath Ledger to me was he was a short time we had him on on screen. Every role he did, he poured everything into it. And I know I re- like we refer to like how how deep he dove into portraying the Joker, but we don't look and I'll bring it back up again how deep he drove into playing a drug addict in the movie Candy like he went to rehabs he he purposely went on the streets to be around heroin addicts and cocaine addicts and like he dove he dove feet first into every role and gave every bit of it everything he had yeah, he did um just uh I guess a, a trigger warning going into this as well. Um, he also, you guys forget that he also played a gay man as a very straight uh, heterosexual male. And the, what he did in that, he, he dived into what he could for Brokeback Mountain. So he's a very much of a method actor in every sense of the word. He actually played two um, characters like that. And um Casanova, the character he's played is um, gay also. And well, that was him, also the same year as uh, yeah, Brokeback. Broke yeah, yeah. For him to do that too, I mean, I mean, what was this? I mean, Brokeback Mountain came out like early two thousand two thousand five, mm-hmm. and it, you know, you know, and the, you know, homosexuality and you know, LGBT, LGBTQ, you know, it wasn't was still it's, taboo, not as much, but it was still considered taboo back then. For him to do that, I mean, props to him. I mean, he also played in, you know, 10 Things I Hate About You, which is an underrated film, in my opinion. He played a Patriot as well. Yep. Yep. Patriot was a good movie. There's a really weird um, fun fact, which, uh, so there's a band called Modest Mouse, which I've, I've listened to, and he directed a music video for them that's like a cartoon music video. So King like, Rat. Yeah. And if you watch that music video, it is extremely upsetting. Like it is not like it's it's like it's like equivalent to showing it. So basically the music video is showing a whaling vessel going out and hunting whales, but instead the whales are driving the vessel and there's people in the ocean, and then you get to watch them harvest the whales but they're humans so it's just like pulling humans out of the ocean and like doing what they would do to whales but but they're humans so it's just it's just kind of like unbearably terrifying (laughs) you know like there needs to be like massive disclaimers when people watch it but um but it's it's one of those things where it's like you know yeah so that's um heath ledger directed this (laughs) you're like okay so i mean again you know, we talk about him taking his uh, his craft to these extremes and going to the places it needs to go. But it's like, I think that that's also part of the um, like the toll that it takes where you're willing to look at things as much as you have to and, and explore subjects at that level and associate with them. Um, and then, you know, possibly having to medicate yourself just to be able to get through your days because of the stuff you put yourself through. Um that I, I feel that that's really depressing to say, but I feel like that's also like 
this is this is like also a little bit of a cautionary tale to everybody in the world that you know when you put yourself through all these really hard things um you have to like make sure that you have that support around you you can't just keep doing it <laughs> so i'm sorry right. yeah be that way so touching on the music video thing and then mike we will get to the topics <laughs> um he actually directed six of them he he directed six music videos he uh the titles are cause and effect seduction is eagle she's hot morning yarning black eyed dog quicksand and king rat which is the only one the king rat is the only one that is an animated video but he's directed the other five and it's in the black eyed dog he's actually featured in the music video so that was a fun fact about his music industry mike go ahead and lead us into our topic sir so the first question I have on the list here is how did Heath Ledger's career in acting begin? That is the first question that I have on the list here. Um, I believe we covered that already. Yeah. Uh, career started. Uh, second one was is uh, what were some of Heath Ledger's most notable roles in film? Okay. So we'll, we'll go Rusty and then Trey and then myself. We'll go reverse order. All right. So um, I'm I'm going to come out and say uh, A Knight's Tale is hands down one of my favorite movies. Uh, not just in this context, but in like all films. I know that that's like so some people are like really you know it's not it's not like a big movie. It's not like a blockbuster. It's not like winning a whole bunch of awards. It has like kind of a campy vibe to it because there's all these like contemporary songs put throughout this weird medieval movie. That's just about jousting, but uh, the character work that the story follows where, you know, you have this um, poor, uh, poor squire who, you know, abruptly uh, basically like puts on his knight's armor armor because his knight has um, drank and shit himself to death and he abruptly steps in to take his place because uh, it's the only way for the other squires and him to not starve to death. Um, and he secretly becomes this knight. And over the course of the movie, it's almost like a weird, like Disney athletics film, like those weird movies where you have like the underdog team that like somehow makes it into the the you know win the cup kind of nonsense. Like it's like that, but it's for knights. And it's ridiculous as fucking hell. Um, but all the character work that the actors do, like especially, you know, rallying around Heath Ledger and Heath Ledger kind of holding that space. Uh, it's in my top 10 movies, uh, like as a permanent list. And um, I'm just going to start you know, start off by saying that. I'm so lucky I got to talk first. because I know somebody else is going to say something about that, too. So <laughs> anyway, I'll pass it off to you guys and let you keep going. Trey, right. go ahead. All right, so my fa my favorite movie. I mean, I, there was a couple. I mean, Patriot. The Patriot was really good with with him. He did he did really well. But I but you know it's gonna be obvious. I mean, I'm a huge Batman fan. I love Batman till this day. Huge fan. And when I see this young character, because he you know how old was he at the time when he played uh, played uh, the Joker? He's still in his twenties. To craft that, you know. Because Jack Nicholson was a lot older, wasn't he? When he was when he was Joker. Oh yeah, he was a lot older at the time. Ledger was twenty eight at the time of the Dark Knight filming. Yeah, so I'm saying is, I, I was just so captivated because I was like, man, this guy, 
I've really like I've heard of him, but I'm like, this guy's gonna play Joker? No way. Like honestly, was kind of hesitant on it, but he, he he honestly blew me away, honestly. And I just loved him on on Dark Knight. Um, I loved him on in Patriot, but it's uh, obvious Batman Batman's my favorite. Fair enough. Um, for me, I'm a big Joker guy, but my favorite role of his is when he's when he played in I'm Not There, the the biopic of Bob Dylan. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is mine. I could kiss you right now, Shadow. <laughs> he did a really good job in that. He also he played two different characters in that. He was uh, Robbie Clark and Bob Dylan. So. Also played alongside of Christian Bale before Batman. Just, just to throw it out for Trey, uh, Jack Nicholson was 52 in 1989 when he played the Joker. Holy shit, he's old. (laughs) He's still going. From a big perspective. This might shock a lot of people, but one of my favorite all-time Heath Ledger roles was Lords of Dogtown. Like, he had that serious part of it, but he was still a goofball. Yeah, he was skipping that one. Yeah, he was skips. I forgot yeah. his dude's last name, but just the way, like, going from you watch The Patriot and you watch all these other movies, and when he came into Lords of Dogtown, it I actually didn't notice it was Heath until the second time I watched it. Yeah, he he was doing really good in two thousand five. Four movies in that year. He came out like with a bang, and he was just. He was just the cool skater surfer dude, which I felt like being from like Australia, he kind of fed right into that slot. Yep. And like that got me on the train of now I got to know every, like now I want to know more movies he's been in. Mr. Mike. I mean, for the very few films that I've seen of his, my favorite is definitely the Patriot. Um, I mean, it was a toss-up between Knight's Tale and Patriot, but Patriot was definitely my favorite out of the two. Fair enough. So, the next question up here was, is uh, how did Heath Ledger approach his role as the Joker in The Dark Knight? So, you'll start this one. We'll go back. I mean, I I haven't seen The Dark Knight. Okay, so we'll skip to no. Jax. Yeah. <laughs> in the in the research that I the extracurricular research that I have done preparing for tonight, he took that role very like he locked himself in a room for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like and then like he would walk down the streets of New York trying to come up with different ticks and different the way the Joker should walk and how he should stand when he's standing still. Like, he dived into every role 110%. He definitely wanted to portray the Joker in the most sinister possible way. And, excuse me, he he wanted audiences to be mesmerized by the production of work he was going to do in this film. I think even if he was still alive, this movie wouldn't touch anything he would do in present day. Like I, I can't say that for sure, but 
we only have so much body of work that he's done. But if we had brought him in, if he would have kept going and stayed alive, and I don't know if he'd ever top the Joker role because even Nicholson for the longest time could not top his Joker role. Yeah. It takes a special man to play the Joker. It really does. Like, all of them have just been... We've never seen another Penguin, so obviously Danny DeVito just killed it. <laughs> well, we, we had that show Gotham. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just, I'm just saying. Trey? I mean, not to repeat myself, but I mean, to, to get to uh, to get into that mindset, you know, like we said with with Jim Carrey of Man of the Moon and, you know, other other actors who had to get into that uh some sort of mindset to become that uh, that that character. You know, you have to like like I say, I mean he tried his best to perfect perfect it. I mean, like you said, it's I don't think no one could have that you know, could have a perfect role, but I mean I think my opinion it's almost there. And I mean he just he he, he just took that and rolled with it for his age. I mean we just found out how old freaking Jack was. This guy was barely in his early 20s, still, you know, late, late 20s, starting to learn his, still in his prime of his career. And who knew if he was still alive today? I mean, he could have still played that, uh, the, you know, that same Joker, that the recent Joker movie we had recently. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he did, he did his best. I want to say, I mean, I mean, I can't say perfect, but my nine, nine, nine out of 10. Fair enough. Go ahead, Rusty. Well, I mean, um, uh, like I was reading, uh, I was reading about like uh, you know, like villains and and people that play villains, and uh, I came across this like interview. It's really strange. Like uh, I've been watching like Fantasy Island from the seventies recently, and um, Ricardo Montalban, who played uh, like Khan in Star Trek had this interview where he was talking about like the motivation of villains and how no, there is no villain. There's no evil character in a movie who is doing it to be evil. They always um, are coming at it from this perspective where they feel like they're, they know exactly why they're doing what they're doing. And, and there's no, it's not like this incarnate evil. It's, it's always motivated. And most villains actually believe they're in the right and doing the right thing. And, I, I when I watch The Dark Knight, I think about that. I think about um, like Heath Ledger's character playing the Joker makes complete sense to Heath Ledger. Like I don't believe that he thinks he's he's pretending to be silly or something. I think it's actually like um, laid out in a very very well crafted manner uh, where you know you get to this whole idea of like being the counterpoint to Batman, which I think in the comic books is the reason why the Joker and Batman are, are kind of the icons of DC comics is that, you know, there are these polar opposites, but they're also almost identical except for, you know, very minimal ways where, you know, Batman doesn't use guns and shoot people and the Joker just takes things further. Right. But um, like that idea of preparing for it, like, um, I think everything, if you look at like the, the, just the different films in general, they, they felt like they're all yeah. leading to these, this kind of role. And um, that idea of, uh, I almost wonder where it would have went from there because, you know, you could take it in so many different directions, like his career where like after playing the Joker, what could, what could he take everything that he's learned from that experience and, and apply it to something else? So really interesting. Yeah. Another note though, too, is, 
Ledger's never played the same kind of role twice. Never. Never. He was lucky for him, especially being as young as he is from a foreign country. He never got cast uh, typecast, which is huge, especially for young actors. I mean, we've we've seen it come and go with a lot of them, but he has never played the same kind of character twice. And you know, just just to note too, you know, when he when he passed, they they were giving out the awards of you know, and I forgot which award ceremony it was, but. When he passed, and then he got he got the you know the the award, and just seeing all his peers, you know, us fellow actors and actresses, giving him a standing ovation in tears, um, to just show that you know that tribute, you know, this this young man had so much, showed us so much, but he had more more to give, but you know, sadly, what 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 happened to him? Right. All righty, Mikey. Uh, he so, got best supporting actor, by the way, Trey. Yeah, there we go. So the next question is: Is what impact did Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker have on his career and the film industry? I mean, my opinion, but we'll start with Rusty because this we're going in an order here. <laughs> oh my gosh! On the film industry in general. Um, there's a part of me that wants, uh, I, I wasn't sure how much everybody on this, this, uh, this show was going to be obsessed with the Joker in general in life. Like how much all of you are going to be obsessed. And I was going to be like, we should all do a round of just, uh, being like, you want to know how I got these scars? You, you want to, you want to know how I got these scars? And it's like, every, I just thought I'm like, if I said that enough, I would, I, everybody in the whole call would be like. You want you want to know how I got these scars, you know? And it's like, there's just so like I I don't I don't know how from an from a uh, an insider's perspective I don't know how much it impacted Hollywood, but I do know that um, he's like he's probably the most iconic Joker, and it might be forever. Uh, he's probably the most often uh, going to be played. <laughs> you know, like that's the Joker that people are going to dress up. Uh, for as Halloween and go to a college frat party and then be like, you want to know how I got these scars? So like every freaking person they know. Um, I, I really do think that uh, the uh, third Batman film that came out after uh, the Dark Knight uh, had had followed the lead of, of that dark uh, kind of portrayal. I mean, obviously the first one had, had aspects of that, but I mean... Um, you know, not that I'm uh, complaining, but I don't think it was the same at all. Uh, the the Joker in in Chris in, in Nolan's uh, you know second film like brought that movie to a point of like grittiness that I think that you know like Batman movies in general have just cons- tried their best to stay within that um, at that level of kind of like horrifying and and kind of dark and like taking to those places like having like a bomb sewn into somebody's abdomen to get somebody out of prison or or you know we're gonna murder a town as opposed to you know kidnapping the president's daughter or something like it's gonna be these intensities um so i think that that film paved the way for that um maybe i'll leave it there and i'll and I'll, i feel like i got all went all over the place a little bit so <laughs> i'll let other people talk you're fine go ahead Trey. Well, you know what what Rusty was saying, like like, not I don't know, I can't speak for Hollywood. I mean, I don't think anyone can speak for Hollywood, but um, 
Did you do? You might end up somewhere else. But anyways, continue. Yeah, yeah, let's not go there. Let's not. Might disappear right now. Uh, But you know, when I when I think of uh, when I think of Joker these days, you know, when I think who, who, you know, that the image we see the picture, and you know about about the scars and the. I think of you know of of his character. I think there's so many. There's been so many Jokers that has been played over the years, and it's just what I think of. Joker, I think of the Heath Ledger, how he played that, and and like you said, you know, going to you know, I remember when when it came out, going to parties like Halloween parties. I don't know how many Jokers of that of that character, of that era, like I don't know how many people dressed up like that. Like many, I mean, I dressed like for Batman for crying out loud. Not a very good Batman, but I tried my best. No, you're fat, man. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 he's but overall, I mean, he 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 brought a whole new generation of people to, you know, a whole new a whole new Joker, and that was well done for sure. Um, to Rusty's scar thing, I used to have his laugh almost down to a science, and uh, can't do it anymore, but. <laughs> I did. Um, you know, I I truly believe that he leaves a legacy within the method acting world of what not to, like, maybe if you're on prescription meds and stuff, maybe not bring them to, if you're trying to indulge in these roles and get as deep as you can, maybe not bring these prescriptions with you unless absolutely needed. Uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of cautionary tales that a lot of method actors have now taken because of Ledger and others that have passed. Um, for me, like, he's the Joker. He's the knight. You know what I mean? Um, that's just how, that's how I see it. Uh, a close second, and not to discredit Nicholson at all, but, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, his Joker, obviously it's a different portrayal. It's really good, and I love it. But Heath Ledger is still the Joker he, across all carnations of it. The worst Joker is Leto. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, but that tale could have been so much told differently. But go ahead, Jax. It was the question was his his portrayal of Joker. What had the effects it had on Hollywood? Hmm. His portrayal of Joker not only had a fact transition other than Jared Leno and I forgot the other guy's name already. But you look back at when the Dark Knight came out, they didn't just change like he just he changed the Joker all around for the comic books to the video games to the TV shows like at that point it had to be a Joker with scars up his up his cheeks, and it like his portrayal of the Joker I think revolutionized the character of the Joker in all aspects. Right. All right. So on to the next one. Um, how did Heath Ledger's personal life and relationships influence his career? I know he loved being a father. Repeat that again, sir. How did Heath Ledger's personal life and relationships influence his career? Ooh, that's a, that's a loaded question to have, isn't it? Um, 
Go ahead, uh, <laughs> Jax. I mean, I know he loved his daughter, and I know him and Michelle um, Williams had, had a very good thing going, but Heath Ledger was, was a very like private guy. Like, tried to be as private as he could. So I don't really, like, like Shadow said, it's like a loaded question. I, I really don't know a lot about his personal life. There, there isn't much to his personal life that we've ever really learned. Even, what is it? How many years has he been gone now? Over 10. Yeah, over 10. Since 2008, so... 16 years, give or take? Yeah, 16 years. 16 years, actually. I think the 22nd marks 16 years. Yeah. 22nd of this month marks. So Monday. He's been gone yeah. 16 years. Monday, 16. Um, we, I knew that he, like, I don't, I don't know. I wrote these questions and I don't even know the answer to this. Um, just hoping one of you guys would. I knew he was a chess player. <laughs> um, but like, like Jack said, he's a very proud father and his relationships were very private too. He wasn't much in the tabloids very much, which is a good sign typically. Um, I know that after him and Williams broke up, he dated a couple of supermodels, but I mean, a young guy on a benders is what happens. Go ahead, Trey. I think he didn't he date one of the Olsa twins. Or was he friends? I think I think Mary Kate or Ashley. I don't know. That's what I that's what I heard. But I'm gonna I, tell you. I don't I don't I know he was a you know, he had a daughter. I mean I like 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 Jack, I don't know enough for his personal life. I mean, I was more into his movies. I didn't really deep get deep into his um personal life like that, so I can't really comment and I don't want to speculate um about you know. So I I honestly don't know either. So I'm sorry for cutting you off. He had relationships with uh, Lisa Zane, um, Heather Graham, Naomi Watts, Christina Couchy, um, Michelle Williams. So he's had, he's had a couple of relationships with a few people. Right. Rusty? Well, I was um, I was thinking about how like you know like I I feel like I'm in the same boat. It's not like I know, uh, uh, you know, Heath Ledger personally or did know him 16 years ago, but um, I mean I I can't imagine working this hard. Like probably the lack of like personal life is that I feel like he's probably a workaholic and probably put in a lot of time, you know, towards being an actor, which you know sadly. It's part of the reason why his death at such a young age is, is tragic is that, you know, he didn't get to do all the, the awesome stuff of, of uh, life, you know. I also think that, like, as much as there's not a lot of tab- tabloid stuff about his life, there is, like, a lot of stuff that, where speculation kind of comes up now. And I, I think that, like, as an example, like, that, that whole uh, thing about the Dark Knight being, like, like that the the hospital explosion where everyone said that you know there's that myth that came out about him like improvising the explosion 
and how like he was actually controlling it and it didn't work and all this stuff and and then later on you find out no that entire scene was scripted that way it wasn't improvised like that's all just myth and it's it's this idea of like in the absence of having things everyone really constructs stuff and wants there to be more and and wants that story to be more and matilda his daughter i feel like you know she's still pretty well she's not she's not that young now but but like for you know part of the reason why you never hear about stuff is that you know she was a child for like you know she's probably like what 20 or something now but um not very old no but uh but i feel but I, I feel like we're gonna you know people are gonna push and they're gonna keep asking and keep asking and keep asking and all of a sudden all the the home life stuff will, we'll end up seeing something eventually come out about it but like you know showing him like you know home videos and playing with his daughter or, or just photos or whatever but but like this is this is what uh, the media does right and i feel like the only reason why we don't have that sooner is that you know maybe they were holding off until uh his daughter was old enough to actually be able to consent to talking about these things you know so. i mean it's in 2017 they also released a biopic on him called i am heath ledger right so that kind of fed everybody what they wanted without feeding everybody what they wanted yeah um to Trey's point, he asked Mary Kate or Ashley. It was Mary Kate. They never dated. It was rumored that Mary Kate gave him the drugs that killed him. Mm. Was later proven in court that had nothing to do with it. But that was where that comes from. Got it. Mikey. So on to the next one, uh, what were some challenges or difficulties Heath Ledger faced during his career? Drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Massively, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll just start off like he was an insomniac, right? So he was taking anything and anything to get sleep. Yeah. Other than that, I really there was also in the tabloids that he now this seems ridiculous, but back then it probably wasn't. But five joints a day. For twenty years is what he would smoke. That that that's just fucking Jax's month. Yeah. <laughs> well, hold on, no, I can I can do five in two days. Like, <laughs> like, once you get so high, you're just like, I'm done with it. Like, <laughs> paranoia is wheel on the ganja. Yeah. Uh, I think most of it was really just his his drug habits because he wasn't. I mean, as far as I've read and what I know, he wasn't abusive towards anybody. He just, he was a normal person who had problems sleeping and tried everything and anything he could to sleep. And unfortunately, it just led to an addiction. Yeah. I mean, it's an open table here. You guys can cut in. We're not, don't have well, to I mean, I, I, I can't, I, I, there's not really much to say. I mean, I never heard anything bad on the tabloids. Just, just, you know, you know, you brought it up his drug addiction, and you know, I mean, we've seen it all with other actors and actresses. You know, with drug addiction, it's just, you know, and we've seen it on a personal level. I've seen it too. It's like it's, it's just a hard, it's a hard road that you know he, he went through, and sadly, you know, he you know he took a little bit too many and accidentally you know took himself out. You know, it's, it's really don't know really what to say in that perspective. Just damn, you know. Yeah. 
I mean, doing my research for the show, I couldn't even went like, and I went back and looked up interviews when he was still alive. There really wasn't that many negative things. I mean, he did get a lot of hate when Brokeback Mountain came out because he misspoke. Yeah. About some Mormons in Utah or something, but. Yeah, Mormons. Um, Rusty, what do you got for us on this one? So, um, like the con- the thing is, like, like he had you know broken up with uh, Williams, and you know, like everybody, no one wants to talk about depression and and really like get into that. But like the prescription drugs that he died from an overdose were oxycodone, hydrocodone, diazepam, tamazepam. Alpazonlaman, I'm not sure what that is, and dioxaline. So it's like the, six six different prescriptions. It, a lot it was of a which, cocktail. yeah. But it's, yeah. A, but it's a, a lot of which are uh, can, you know specifically address depression. Part of it's not so. This is not about him being uh, necessarily um, clinically depressed as much as uh, he is struggling with being away from his you know ex but also his daughter and having to deal with that so this idea of like you know uh not being able to sleep missing family dwelling on that anxiety i I just feel like um those are those are challenges on their own but like again like the work schedule of of working on these films like the I I don't want to talk about like film sets in a negative way, but because I, I I don't I I'm, I do do some acting and I I think it's uh, great, but there is like this whole level of like the relationships on those sets are the phoniest relationships I've ever seen in the whole world. The people you talk to are are like they're so nice, and then they don't remember your name five seconds later. It's bizarre. And it, it really creates like this sense of like the second you walk off the set, those relationships all just ended. So it has this feeling of like you go and you're there and you're on set and there's hundreds of people all being polite and nice and doing anything you want and at giving you things, getting you coffee, doing whatever. And then you walk off the set and all of those voices stop like immediately and you're just completely alone. And it's strange. I don't mean to cut you off there, but I think a prime example of that is Matthew Perry. He has said and gone on record many times over the years that, you know, everybody else in France says, oh, we're in contact. He says, when? Nobody calls me. You know, no. I mean, that's a prime example of basically what you're describing. Um, To touch on the drugs that you brought up, they're still not quite sure how he got the um, hydrocodone and oxycodone. But uh, a forensic pathologist has said that if without those two, he'd probably still be alive today. I don't... I, the only person from everything I've looked at and read and listened to and watched, the only actor that he had any true bond with was Jake Gyllenhaal. Ironic, isn't it? Those were the two. That was the one person that, I mean, she's Matilda. He's Matilda's godfather. Right. Like they stayed very. Like that's the only one I could ever remember hearing him say that they stayed very close after filming ended. And it's weird considering the movie they started together. 
Yeah. But, I mean, a movie like that will bring anybody close, right? Take that as you will, but I'm not meaning it that way, people. Yeah. Um, he really did yeah. break Jake Gyllenhaal's nose on the set, though, so that was pretty cool to find out. That's, that's great. Like they told him, like get drunk. You can get drunk on this sh- on this movie set. Get drunk. And so when oh. he came back and reared back and punched him, he really broke Jake Gyllenhaal's nose. That's Which is great. awesome. That's great. All right, Mikey. What's our next so, topic? So we actually only have one more left on the list. So I actually did come up with a question of my own for you guys. Seeing that I really haven't spoke too much tonight because, again, I know very. I've only seen very few of Heath Ledger's movies. I know very little about him since I'm pretty much doing the questioning here. I came up with a question for you guys. So if Heath Ledger was here with us today, he would be 40, he would be turning 45 or 44. Okay. One one month younger than I am. One month. Yes. So with how big and impactful the film industry is today. Do you feel like Heath would still be would still make a major significant impact on the film industry today if he was with us? Yes and no. Yes, because he was a huge method actor and he lived the part he wanted to be. No, because I think after Dark Knight came out, I think he would have went back to private life for a very long time, given the fact that that role was so deep and dark. I think he would have... I don't know... Because the one thing we haven't touched on is he owned a a music studio also. Right. And, And it was actually in the basement or right right near his house but he didn't want people to know like where it was kind of thing i don't know if he would still be involved some way if it was like he would either been still acting and select roles that he wanted to pick but i think if he'd still be with us today we would probably get more of a indie directorial from him because he was very like he he wanted to make movies not necessarily star in movies right like um the the queen's gambit he read like it was it was one of the last books that from last interview before he went off to film the imaginary of, of dr parnassus and he says, I'd love to make the movie. I can relate to this book. I, 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 I want to make this movie. So I think we would have had more of a directorial and select roles in movies if he was still here with us. Probably, yeah. I never uh, thought of it from that way. Yeah. Um, I, kinda, I agree with Shadow's aspect. Uh, I think he would have uh, probably... I think he would have gone back to acting, but I honestly think he would have took a long break because, I mean, you know, that mentality of being Joker, you know, really screw you up in the head. And, and I just think, I think he'd be there with his, with his daughter and spending time with his family. And, but I think eventually he would get back to the spotlight or maybe, maybe to work on backstage, maybe directing or whatnot, or whatnot. I don't know. But uh, you always think about all these actors or these musicians and you're like, Man, if any, if they, if they, if they didn't pass away so young, what, where would they be today? 
you know, that goes with wrestlers too. And, and so I don't know. I mean, that goes like that, that subject is, and I don't mean to take away from Mike or, or Rusty here before they speak, but we look at musicians, we look at actors, actresses, wrestlers, um, directors, sports athletes. Had they not died when they did, where are they now? And I mean, you can gap, you can gap your kind of imagination over the next X amount of years and kind of try to fill in your own thing. But nobody knows for sure. We can only go off what we have and try to bring it forward and see if it matches up in today's world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I agree with the idea that I think he would have moved into directing. I think he would have taken on challenging projects or tried to take on challenging projects and. You know, you'd see him in talk shows arguing about something and, you know, probably um, like he was an environmental activist. He, he cared about things. There's there's stuff where I think about how, you know, he would have taken on causes and done stuff. And the reason why I think that is I, I don't know why I thought of this, but uh, I really like Kiefer Sutherland, <laughs> but I've never watched the show 24 Neither at all. Uh, and, and But I've seen commercials for it and it looks like it looks like a stereotypical television action drama, right? Like, like, you know, someone picks up the phone and they're like, what do you mean the president? And then it's like a, you know, zoom in fast. And then it shows people running around with guns and you're just kind of like, it looks like generic television. And I really like Kiefer Sutherland, but I don't think the show 24 is what I like Kiefer Sutherland for. And I, and I look at that and I say, would Heath Ledger given given you know another 20 years of life just just done shows like this where he's just like you know taking a check and showing up to work and i'm like i don't i because we don't get to find out i'm gonna say no right just because we never we don't there's no way to prove that that would have happened but i'd like to believe in the the uh the illusion of him maintaining integrity and working really hard towards things and taking that launch point that only goes up and how far it just keeps going up because we have no reason to ever believe it goes down. Right. So I'm going to stay with that optimism. <laughs> so to that point, what you're saying is he wouldn't have Charlie Sheen it. Yeah, pretty much. Cause Charlie <laughs> Sheen always said, oh, I'll never do television. Then he cut ten years of two and a half men. Yeah, but no one wanted to work with him either. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's my point, right? Like, I don't think Ledger would have brought himself down to that. I think if he would have said something like that, he would have stuck to that because he also had that that the studio to produce music and other things. Like, he could have ventured into other worlds, and he probably would have succeeded in it. I mean, he did fairly well with what he did too. Yeah. So, real quick, again, I know I haven't spoke too much, but with what I've seen of, of what I've seen of his work, when we watch a movie or a TV show, or nowadays anything you see, like short, like short videos of stuff on the internet, you see things and you always say, I think this actor or actress would have fit great in this movie or TV show. Or anything like that. And looking back on some movies that have come out the past couple years, 
and knowing a little bit about what he has done, I kind of think about, like, I think he would have fit certain roles. Or he would have fit in the movie because of the story. If that makes sense. That does, actually. He would have made a great Wonka. Ooh. Ooh. The way he dived in. Just to picture it. Now, now picture it. I listen. The way he dived into the roles that he got, I like he had some like we'll use a Knight's Tale where it was comedical but serious at the same time. I could just see him being like Willy Wonka, yeah, long hair, a little bit out there, but still portraying a good character. Yeah, I uh, I just want to, I just want to say Johnny Depp as Willy Wonka was was terrible that was yeah. like the most shallow performance uh I, I you know i've seen interviews where he talks about what he was going for and i i, I get it but i'm also yeah. like you know the existing film that was already out with gene wilder like gene brought gene. it to these beautiful dark places tried so hard to just be completely in the moment and immersed and i'm like you know to imagine, like, and it, this is similar to like um, the Imaginarium of uh, uh, film, and and how like I know that you know uh, he passed, you know Heath dies, and all of a sudden they have a movie that isn't finished, and they've got to come up with how to finish it, and people are like, well, his friends will help him finish it, and I'm like, I don't know how much he knew a lot of the people that played that his character. Or how much it was more like just people who uh, happened to be major Hollywood celebrities uh, in L.A. at the time period this took place. Um, I'm not interested in speculating on that, but I will say that you know <laughs> it did like they it was is fine. The movie got finished. That's great. I'm glad that they have conclusion with it. But um, I do I wouldn't put Johnny Depp and and uh, Heath Ledger. Uh, on the same page not not today anyway that's to me i feel like the uh he he you know not to complain about death but again i'm like that willy wonka movie that tim burton made was uh trash i got one how about how about he how about Heath and uh beetlejuice that'd been uh well i think that one would have felt a little bit too close to like a joker Reenactment, a little bit, little bit. But yeah. I, I like where you're going with it. Yeah, um, I, I love this comment about him being David Von Erich in the chat. Yes, that would have been. Oh bad. man. So what I'm thinking, of, I actually have two. Um, just, you guys, remember the movie Baby Driver? Yeah, I, I think he would have done good in that. Uh, I don't know what the role he would be in, but I think that movie kind of fits the lifestyle of what he does in movies. Uh, and another one I had, and uh, hear me out. I understand that it's Keanu Reeves, John Wick. I could see that. I, I could see him maybe portraying him like a badass action star. Yeah. So I watched I watched the movie the other the other night, and uh, now that I'm thinking about what I've seen of him. He would have fit per he I think he would have fit in this movie because it was a it was a war movie 
but it was they made it out to be almost like a comedy in a sense. Um, I don't know if you guys ever seen the move movie Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You've seen Inglorious like Bastards, but haven't seen Batman. Yeah. I gotta use this wording specifically for Mike. Honorable mention, but um, uh, for the for the chicks that like Heath Ledger, I think it would have fit right into the Fault in Our Stars. Just based on you know what I mean, like yeah, he's done like ten things I hate about you all that, right? Yeah. So the Fault in Our Stars would be a good one for him too. Well, there's there's also like uh, if you start to think about the amount of Australian talent that has started getting uh, mainstream uh, mainstream like you know attention and being able to hold space and direct like uh, Taiko Watiti's like films, uh, like him get, getting entrance into like the Marvel movies uh, and Chris Chris Hemsworth becoming like Thor, that whole like level. But then you start to think of like how because they're holding space in that way, there's also things like watching, you know, people playing like smaller roles in mainstream films. Like when somebody goes on the set of Mandalorian and they get to just be themselves as some space person, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I can imagine Heath being able to just be present in and not necessarily, um, you know, like how awesome that would have been. And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot. Here's another one. Fifty Shades of Grey. Never seen it, so I can't. I don't know. I'm not gonna watch it. It's um, dirty. <laughs> I mean, realistically, from a woman's standpoint, Heath Ledger was aesthetically good to look at. Yeah, uh, the new Mad Max movie, and just take Heath's shirt off. Absolutely. I mean, that's what they're gonna do with Chris Hemsworth in the new movie. So, yeah, sure. Much. That's all you got to do with him. <laughs> okay, shits and giggles here. Any movie you want, doesn't matter. Who would you replace as the star actor just to replace put him in? It doesn't it doesn't have to be serious, it can be any type of movie. Ooh. So this was kind of brought up in the discussion um uh, with Chris Hemsworth, but for some odd reason. If Chris wouldn't have played as him, I could have possibly seen him playing as Thor. I could have. Yeah, like bulk up. I mean, yeah, Hemsworth had to do that. I mean, he wasn't right. he wasn't huge like he is now uh, before that role. He took that role from his brother, by the way. He robbed his brother of that role. So, I just thought I'd throw that out there, just because I'd like to see it in this. Either twenty one or twenty two Jump Street. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's, that's that's a good call. Now the question for that though is, do you keep? Do you keep? No, the you put it, you put Jonah Hill in him. Not you take out. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. You don't need two good looking bastards. No, get the fuck out. Of no, here. no, no. My my question. My question. What I was going with this was, we seen Johnny Depp in that movie. Would you put him as Johnny Depp's partner that shows up when they show up in the movie? Oh, 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 that'd be hilarious, actually. I'm, I'm Have like, or in there now, now that we're on a chatting Tatum thing, I'm like, yeah, you can, you, I can imagine uh, Heath Ledger being in all the Magic Mike movies 
and magic uh, mike okay. yeah i can i that. which i did not i went <laughs> my daughters wanted to watch it they're they're like in their 20s and teenagers and uh, i'm like sure we'll watch that and i watched the first movie and i was like expecting it to just be like this weird stripper movie which it is yeah but it's but, excited to see kevin nash naked it's fine absolutely <laughs> but um but 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 more importantly i was extremely surprised that it actually had a story that made sense and it was a real gritty it was sad, a decent movie the first film is like depressing it's about poverty it's it's really hard hitting and I, and then it ends and it had an ending that I was really not not expecting because it just kind of happens and then it's over and I was like and I sat there I'm like wait did I just like the movie Magic Mike and I'm gonna recommend my friends to watch it what is happening right now so I have one more and then I'm done listing off movies but this one just came to me because of the stars that are lined up that there is take out DiCaprio and put in Ledger Wolf on Wall Street. Yeah. Remember, he plays different roles. So I'd like to see where he took that hedge fund mastermind shit and went with it. I got one. And this goes back to knowing how deep Heath Ledger dives into roles. The Crow. That, yeah, I can I can see that. Like he... Like, nothing against Brandon Lee, man. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, it's perfectly made. Please never remake that movie. Certain movies should never be remade. Back to the Future and The Fucking Crow should never be remade. But if Heath Ledger was... He was acting at the time, but wasn't as old. Like, we didn't know of him. But I think he would have made a great Eric Draven as The Crow. I don't know, for the giggles, how about the hangover? Oh, jeez. Yeah, I can see that, too. <laughs> That'd be great. If they would have... I don't know how, how far you guys have gotten with the Fast and the Furious no. movies. I know we've no. gotten... <laughs> Hold no. on. No. Hold no. on. Hold on. What if he was... You know how we got Dom Toretto with him and his brother? What if he was... Paul Walker's brother in the movie. Oh, jeez. No, Mike. No. Too bad. <laughs> no. Everyone in Hollywood that. is in that movie now. It's just like a lifetime Hollywood movie. It's like, hey, you're in a famous movie. Fucking go ahead. F- Fast and the Furious <laughs> is AEW, all right? That's basically yeah. what <laughs> yeah, what's what's the one what's the one Fast and the Furious franchise that has like the rock is like the main the main character. Oh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. So I saw a trailer for that when it came out, and then I went to go watch it in the movie theater. <laughs> and then, like, as it's playing out, I'm like, why is this movie, like, so focused on, like, cars and has, like, this weird stylized angles? And then, like, my partner leans over. is like, you know that this is, like, a Fast and the Furious franchise. And I'm like, what? Are you <laughs> fucking serious? <laughs> the best part of that movie... And I don't remember the actor's name, but when, he, when they're fighting Hobbs and Shaw at the very end, he goes, "I'm Black Superman." Oh, no, that's that. That's that's the best line in the movie. So, Scales brings up a point here, Mike. Why are you trying to put two dead actors as brothers? Yeah, I wasn't aiming for that. I was just saying that it it, it for some reason I I feel like that that could have been a a story they could have went with. All right, all right. Last question so, of the night. To wrap yes. 
off the top of my head. <laughs> Pun intended. Last where question. Does Heath, where oh. does Heath Ledger rank all time for you in the world of acting? Uh, I love one out of ten. Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. Who goes first? We'll give it to Mike since he wants to watch Fast and the Furious with Heath Ledger. Oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, uh, with the very few few movies that I've seen him in, I mean, he's never disappointed me. He never has. And I think if he was around to just to answer my own question, who I, th- you know, the question I asked earlier of would he make an impact in today's. You know, film industry, I still think he would. I think we would have gotten not only movies that he would have acted great in, but I think he would have created movies that would have been just amazing because of the work that he's done in the movie. Right. All right. He's in my top ten. Like I don't, I'm not. I don't know a certain place, but character acting, portrayal of characters, and just his mind for the business puts him in a top ten. For me, I give him a top five, and he's been one of my favorite actors for as long as I can remember. He's top five for me. Um, I don't. Now, I don't have my opinion, and, and but I honestly like he's a great, he was a good actor. Um, I just feel like sadly because of what happened, we didn't get enough of him, so we didn't get to see like you know, Joker was great, Patriot was great, but my opinion, I mean, I put him like top 15 of mine. I'm not up there, I mean, he's not up there, but he's he was considered good, but it's just not not up there. Um, I'm going to go like top 10, you know, like I said, Knight's Tale is going to exist, uh, in my top 10 forever. I mean, it's just as a film that is central to that. I mean, there's also the part that it's like, you know, I, if I just queue up that scene, that's the, it's so stupid to say this, but it's like that scene from dark Knight where, uh, he, uh, he puts the pencil on the table and he says, I'll show you a magic trick. And then he just grabs the guy and he shoves that thing right into his head. And he says, look, it's gone and you're just like no matter you know i mean i gotta have a terrible day i'll go watch that scene and the amount of terrible violence portrayed in that moment makes me for some reason feel more relaxed i don't understand why but and we're not going to read into my problems we're no, you're psychotic it's fine <laughs> it's fine but, thank you fine. we're all a little crazy yeah. well ladies and gentlemen this has been an episode of Career Retrospective. Today's episode was Heath Ledger. Thank you to Mike for being our gracious narrator because I struggle to speak reading text. Um, so with that being said, Mike, where can people find you, sir? Uh, you can find me at MetalMike714 all across the socials, X, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram. Um, as far as on the networks here, uh, you can find me every Monday night after Monday Night Raw on the table spot with Sean and Cam. Uh, you can find me on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. with John on Rivet City Red Zone. 
And then my uh, 15 minute little uh, spinoff show, uh, Rivet City Red Zones uh, Halftime Heat, gets dropped every Wednesday morning. You can also catch me on Movie Madness every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Prince. And uh, you catch me on The Boom with um, Phil and Cam every Wednesday night after AEW Dynamite. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Mr. Jatsbo, where can we find you, sir? You can find me here on Mondays for Sorry for the Interruption, Tuesdays for NXT on Tap, Sundays on River City Radio for Bot Spots and Chair Shots. Anything else you'd like to know about me, follow me on Twitter at Jaxpo2020. Mr. Treyway. Um, well, he pretty much said it. Find me on TikTok, the Treyway92, where I don't break chairs at all. <laughs> all right. And Mr. Rusty Blackwell, thank you once again for joining us. And thank you to Northland Wrestling for allowing <laughs> us to take you off their hands for a few hours. But where oh, can thank people you. find you, sir? Uh, I mean, you can look up Northland Wrestling on Facebook. Uh, we actually got a show in North Bay this Saturday, uh, January 20th. Um, but, you know, I've been branching out and working with some other companies as well lately. I just finished a tour uh, wrestling with uh, Canadian Wrestling Elite. And did nine matches in six days in six towns, which was a lot. And uh, I will say I had a lot of fun and I love doing it. But uh, I also, my van, it seized about 2,000 kilometers into the trip. And uh, the engine's gone. And I'm like, now I'm down to one vehicle. So I might be touring a little less <laughs> until that gets fixed. But uh, anyway, so if you could find me hitchhiking on the side of the road. Please, you know, give a wrestler a hand. Uh, <laughs> that's where you can find me. Make sure he doesn't have a pencil. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that show that Rusty is speaking about this weekend, I believe it is Rumble in the North. This card is looking stacked. Make sure if you get any way to watch it, go and watch it. There's a lot of young talent coming. There's a lot of great talent already established. And it's, it's just an all-around great family experience. So make sure you check out Northland Wrestling. Myself, Shadow, you can find me here every Sunday, Jax. Sorry for the interruption. Oh, Sunday's a try. I forgot we moved you to Sunday. Where we don't <laughs> give a shit about interrupting your church day. You can find me throughout the weekend with Rinkside Chatter as we talk all things NHL related. Um, you can find me on TikTok if you give a shit about my content, I guess. And uh, that guy, Shadow.91. Uh, for everything else, you could find us on TikTok at Off the Top Media. You can find us on Twitch at Out the Top Media. You can find us on YouTube at Out the Top Media. Oh, I want to give a special thanks to Burning Bridges for allowing us to use their music for our streams. Um, I also want to thank Northland Wrestling for allowing us to bring in their superstars, Rusty and others. It's a great experience, and we love having them on. And with that being said, this has been another episode of Career Retrospective. We'll see you in the next one. <laughs>